And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. Ari, how's it going? I'm doing really well today. How are you, Mitch? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh it's a little chilly here in Nashville, but uh, blue skies. So I was put you in a good mood. I hope the weather's okay in Dallas. How, how we it's, never ask about the weather? How's the weather in Dallas? I really want. We know. never ask about the weather because that's what you say or talk about when you're uncomfortable. I'm very comfortable around you. Are you a get into the Uber and then talk about the weather with the random Uber driver to like? No, I rarely tension? go anywhere where I require an Uber. So. No, I'm fine. Wow, I, it I'm rains a, people, a lot in Seattle, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm a people <laughs> person. I like talking to people, but small talk and banter. Like, nothing's more painful than the banter, like a local news when they transition from, like, the sports guy to the anchor. Just just the world would be a better place if we didn't have banter like that. So, yes, but, but I think weather is, like, the number one topic of banter. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, I feel like the weather should only be a discussion point when it's inclement. Right, because I... I don't care, really. Like you're inside. It was, let me get. Is it 72 yeah. degrees in Dallas today? It's like six. It's, is it 64 or 73? I don't know. Right. It's just there's no tornadoes today. So yeah. We're all as long winning. as it's not extreme, yes. I'm happy for you. Okay. Let's banter about college football recruiting. How about that? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Good show. I think today we got some quarterback news. One five star is set to make an announcement this week. We're going to take a look at some more data from Manny Navarro's recruiting geography series. Some news and notes from another country, mailbag and trivia. I would say, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday. Most people listen Thursday on Friday. Friday, On Friday afternoon, Jaden Davis, five-star quarterback from uh, Charlotte, is set to announce his decision, I believe, on ESPN national TV. I think almost everyone expects it'll be the University of Michigan. You wrote a column last week on the significance of a recent Michigan commitment, Jordan Marshall, uh, the four-star running back from Ohio who committed to Michigan over an offer from Ohio State. But Ari, to me, based on what Michigan has gone through at the, at the quarterback position in recent years, m- the far more significant commitment, assuming it happens, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one was a statement of geography. This one is like a, you know, next step at the quarterback position uh, get. So, you know, it is funny because we talk about how much trouble Michigan's had with elite level players at the quarterback position. And it's they like have a five star quarterback right they now, have a five star quarterback <laughs> who's starting for them at the moment. So I don't know if that's necessarily true. That's why um, I hesitated. Sorry for the because I, I was going to say maybe the most impactful commitment of the Jim Harbaugh era. But then I thought to myself, wait, they've got a five star quarterback right now. So we can't. Yeah, but this one, moment. this one is a little bit different, though, because this is a kid in the south. Uh, with offers from everybody, and I don't remember 100%. I actually went and visited J.J. McCarthy and wrote about him uh, when he was in high school, but I don't remember like what his offers list looked like um, because he was a Illinois kid who went to a private school, and um, 
I don't necessarily think that his recruitment was as big as Jaden Davis's recruitment is. And the other thing too, is like in this climate, so much has changed since McCarthy committed to Michigan. Sure. Uh, both circumstantially with Michigan's program, but also in the world of recruiting. So for them to be back-to-back Big Ten champions, which, by the way, is what J.J. McCarthy promised uh, when he committed. When I went down and wrote about him, he said, because, you know, Ohio State played a little grab-ass with him in his high school recruitment. Like, he went down to Ohio State. uh, He was interested in Ohio State, and then they kind of slow-played him a little bit, and he felt they were, like, being a little dishonest. And then he went to Michigan with the idea of being a, a Buckeye killer. And he's done that. You know, he only started one of those games, but, you know, he is the quarterback at Michigan when the rivalry is flipping to the other side. So um, I'm looking at JJ McCarthy's, um, you know, offers list right now just to kind of, you know, do a little bit of memory lane. And he was the uh, number 25 overall player in the 2021 class. Um, and Davis is 28, by the way. Not, and he know. did, he did have offers from LSU. Uh, Ohio State, Tennessee, and AM, but I don't see Alabama. I don't see Georgia. And I don't know what the circumstances were when he committed or if they had other guys already in the fold in that class. But this to me is just a huge, huge situation. And the other thing, too, is the fact that he's Davis is in Charlotte. And Charlotte is a, such a important city for Clemson. And Clemson is you know, Mr. Quarter, you know, the program of quarterback you, you know, and I know Clemson signed Cade Klubnick uh, a few years ago and they're hot you know, after last year. Yeah. yeah and they got Chris, their guy. Christopher Vazina last year. So I don't know if it, if it's just lined up the right way, but he, if you go look at Jaden Davis's offer list, I see Alabama, I see Clemson, I see Georgia, I see LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio state, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Arizona, Oklahoma. I mean, Arizona is not on there. Okay. I mean, I'm sure he has an offer, but uh, probably not worth noting. Um, but just the time of it, you know, because we're talking so much about NIL and how Michigan isn't a participant in inducements. We're talking about, you know, taking the next step forward in the recruiting realm once you beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten. And last year's class, frankly, didn't do it. So if they're able to go in after a prolonged recruitment, I mean, Michigan's been after yep. this kid for a year now. Um and land him despite the fact that he's also considering some other big time schools. Um, what are those other finalists? Uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, uh, I think Penn State's in there. But, you know, it's not. I think this would be a more impactful commitment than McCarthy's was. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know what his ties to North Carolina are. Obviously, he's an in state kid. I don't know his family situation. But this is also coming. I don't think we can discount when there's a guy, Drake May, who is a former five-star in-state quarterback who's had tremendous success with the North Carolina program and is a third-year sophomore this year and could be headed to the draft. So there could be direct playing time at North Carolina, too. So I don't don't, don't want to discount the Tar Heels either. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and listen, we're in March. And, you know, I've been covering this stuff a long time to know that, you know, crazy stuff happens when a player commits in March and – you know, maybe he'll sign with Michigan. Maybe he won't. But, you know, there's no question that there is some momentum brewing in this recruiting class that kind of just hasn't existed in the past. they would be the second top 100 player out of the 10 commitments. And if you go look at Michigan State breakdown, they've got Ohio, four kids out of Ohio, uh, one out of Connecticut, one out of Michigan, one out of Pennsylvania, one out of Tennessee, one out of Washington, and maybe now one out of North Carolina. So, you know, they're in Ohio, but also spread out too. Like, I think that's the exact way you want to see their classes built. So, um, you know, I've been harsh or, 
you know, critical of Michigan in the past, but I think that things are starting to really go in the direction that we thought it would a year ago. And and that's some good that's a good sign for them. Yeah, we've speculated and people have speculated, I'm sure Michigan fans probably, you know, know more about this than, than we do, but if some of the reluctance on Jaden Davis maybe to commit earlier they, they have had some upheaval uh, offensive coordinator position there um, so probably look for some stability there um, I, we don't know if that's factored in at all but uh, it all, all signs also are definitely getting to know the new offensive yeah. coordinator too um, yeah. yes Sharon Moore uh, and he's he's supposedly a star um, at his position and going in here and, and closing this would be a huge nice little feather in his cap as he gets going there and um, you know the the Michigan program to me has always been a program that could be a top seven, top five type program. I've always thought they had all the resources, the education, the tradition. Uh, Great town. Ann Arbor, I think, is the best Big Ten town. Yep. I know Madison gets a lot of love, but I love Ann Arbor. Um, Detroit's an underrated city. I, I think that you know it's all in place them for them to be a national championship contender. Um, and I've said that for the last five, six, seven years as I was being critical of them. And like now that things are headed in the right direction, isn't it crazy how quickly the tune changes? Yeah, you're like a coach who's only rough on the player because you recognize his potential. And I almost felt like I was the only one who thought it. And it kind of annoyed me because, you know, when you look at all the things that are factored into, you know, big time college football programs, I, I don't know that there's anything that Michigan doesn't have. The, the number one knock on them has always been that they are more on the Notre Dame spectrum of academics first and not buying into becoming a football factory. But I've always thought that you can do both. I mean, you can be a good school that that uh, puts a premium on athletics and the studies and majors, but also be very good at football, too, because, you know, the notion that really good football players in high school are stupid is just downright wrong and dumb. Um, and, you know, I think that there's something to be built there and it's happening right now. So really excited to see what Michigan can build. And if this is a two-year blip or something that you know might turn the rivalry for the next decade because you know we've seen in the history of this rivalry that it's gone back and forth yep um the most notable quarterback in the class is dylan riola um Mm -hmm. phoenix uh, has been making the visits and was at georgia i believe last weekend there's been a lot in his recruitment where his most recent visit seems to be kind of the favorite people talk about um but I, i think by all accounts had uh, maybe no, he was at Georgia two weeks and two weekends, two ago, weeks ago, and then was at Nebraska this last weekend. So, um, hearing a lot of Georgia buzz now, but you know, we don't know. You, 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 you wrote last week and talked on the podcast that, that, you know, how we argued about how great it would be if he went to Nebraska. Um, who knows at this point? My guess would be Georgia. You can't go wrong at the University of Georgia. Um, that's your guess. Yes. I just think it's, an interesting pattern that every time he visits somewhere like that, the guess is the place he just left. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's just young teenager excitement and obviously a easy place to connect the dots to, but um, Georgia has had multiple sp- uh, spring visits as has Nebraska. Um, it's fun. It's fun to follow, you know, yeah. and, and, and try to, I don't to think anything's imminent. You know, I think maybe some visits, official visits, and then uh, maybe announced in June, which seems to be the popular choice now, which, you know, wasn't always the case. It was more uh, maybe any time or, or during the fall. Um, some notable commitments. 
we, we've talked about these guys last week or two weeks ago, right on the heels of, of Ben Roebuck, a three-star offensive tackle from St. Edwards in, in Cleveland, committing to Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, who did not, evidently did not have an Ohio State offer. Well, his teammates, Devontae and Deontay Armstrong um, from St. Edwards. By the way, I said it last week, I just imagine being an undersized defensive lineman going up against that offensive line in high school, three, three Big Ten upper-level Big Ten commits. Devontae is an offensive guard, ranked 353. Deontay Armstrong is offensive tackle, 313. They've, claim, they've climbed up the rankings. I think when, when Cam uh, Cameron Teague Robinson, our Ohio State writer, first wrote about them, I think one was a three-star, one was a four-star, but now they're both four-stars. Um, Twins, asshole. Yeah. Twins. <laughs> big in-state gets, um, you know, uh, at position, I wouldn't say positions of need. You, you know, Bill Landis wrote about it. Cam's written about it. You've talked about it. That's maybe the one area where Ohio State has not uh, recruited at the same level as other positions. So I wouldn't say these Nationally. are, you know, nationally. Yeah. So these are in state guys, not program changing commitments by any stretch of Ohio State, but two, two important gets that they, they want. They obviously wanted these guys and they got them. Yeah. Yeah. And both of them coming in on. On the offensive line, it's like it's so hard to tell sometimes, too. It's like because Ohio State has had a lot of three-star, four-star offensive linemen from the Cleveland area come into the program and turn out to be first-round draft picks. So, um, But also not commitments that necessarily move the needle. Like Those are two guys that might be foundational pieces as in-state prospects, but um, you know, isn't something that's going to help Ohio state get to where it wants to go in, in terms of the mathematical number or the mathematical uh, necessity to sign a top five class. So, you know, I don't want to sit here and celebrate Ohio state. Like they just did something big. They did the the bare minimum of what they're supposed to do, which is get middle tier national prospects from their state to commit. And, you know, I think it's probably a good sign for them to do it less than a week or about a week after Michigan did what they did in Ohio uh, but there's a lot of fish that the Buckeyes are are pursuing right now that are are big. What is it like a marlin? They're searching some marlins right now. That was, uh, I think, that should be and, and has been a layup for Ohio State in the past ten years. And you know maybe Michigan will make it harder for that to be a layup and layup in the future. But they did what they had to do, and and good on Ryan Day and his staff for getting that done. Yeah, I always find it fascinating. The, the, Ohio State's a perfect example. LSU could be an example. We've talked about Alabama with its in-state crop last year. The big, the the elite programs, when do they pull the trigger or not pull the trigger on the non, you know, very good prospects, but non-top 100, non-top 200 players? And if they slow play them, do they risk alienating them and losing them? Um, you know, obviously, these these are guys that they, they wanted. They, they wouldn't have offered them this early, although they didn't offer until January, which is kind of late in the process. So just a kind of one of those storylines that's just, you know, as a staff, that's why they get paid the money. They got to make the evaluations and figure out whether or not these guys are, are, are good enough to play there and good enough to be difference makers. Um, Oklahoma went into your stomping grounds, your old stomping grounds, and got a uh, four-star cornerback, Jeremiah Newcomb, from Queen Creek, Arizona, another – Elite in Arizona prospect, not playing. Have you been to Phoenix before? Excuse me. Oh, you have. We went to Phoenix together. Yes, we were together. Queen Creek used to be way out there when I was a kid. I was going to ask you. I never heard of it. So is it? Yeah, yeah. It was like a newer development when I was a kid. Now it's kind of like the the um, suburbs to the suburb almost. Yeah. And Arizona is just massive. Yep. Like if you drove from my house to where I grew up to Queen Creek, I think it would take an hour and 15 minutes the entire time while being in Phoenix. Wow. 
Yeah. And I mean, again, that's uh, no, no slight against, no shot against Kenny Dillingham. He's only been on the job for a few months, but that's another in-state recruit that's not going to Arizona or Arizona State. Um, t- yeah. This morning, Thursday morning, we'll have Manny Navarro's Pac-12 uh, recruiting geography. That's that's kind of a theme there about, you know, which schools are and are not recruiting in, in Arizona. Ole Miss, uh, a busy week. Jeffrey Rush, a four-star defensive lineman from Pascagoula, Mississippi, number 136, number one, number four in the state. Uh, got an unranked junior college linebacker, Raymond Collins from Jones College, and three-star running back Chris Davis from Picayune, Mississippi. So um, we talked a couple of weeks ago, this is shaping up to be a banner year in the state of Mississippi, sort of like last year was for Alabama. Ole Miss has six commits, five in-state, which is a very high ratio for them. Their their best their their most highly ranked in state recruit is Rush the four star defensive defensive lineman from uh, number four in the state and their quarterback their one out of state prospect is a four star quarterback from Arizona um, and then Auburn gets a running back Jamarian Burnett from Andalusia Alabama number one fifty eight overall trivia question what Smith multi several time whatever you want to, however you want to say it NBA champion is from Andalusia Alabama. Couldn't tell you. In a million years. Really? A million years? Kerry uh, Kittle. No, I don't think he ever won an NBA Kittles. title. I don't think he's from New Orleans, by the way. Um, he was on your favorite team, so I just thought I'd right. say his name. Robert Ori. Do you remember Robert Ori? No. Yeah, yeah, he has like six rings, doesn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, all these different. Yeah. Um, little note on quarterbacks. Um, 25 blue chip quarterbacks in the 247 composite. Um, how many do you think are committed? Not, don't spend too much time on it. 25, 11. 25 blue chippers, 14 have committed. Um, some other news and notes from just looking at the, the rankings. Three teams have double-digit commits. Georgia and LSU have 11. The third team with double-digit commits just shocked me. I don't know why. I just did not expect to see them there. Shocked you? I know who it is. Who is it? Is it Pitt? Yes. How did you do? Were you yeah. looking at it lately? I just no. I just like was looking at the list the other day. Okay. Yeah. I just I don't know. Just so Pitt. It's funny because like they're in the top. Pitt's like number six in the rankings or something right now. Yeah. So I was so, like, why is that? And it's like, oh, they've got eleven commits. Right. Or 10 commits. They've got one four star, eight three stars, and one unranked guy. Their average player rating of eighty six point four five. And keep in mind they're in the top ten that like we just said. Last year's average player rating was eighty six point six six, which was higher, and they finished with the fifty first ranked class. So this is just a lesson. And they had a small class last year, though. Yeah, didn't they? true. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this is just, just you know who uh, else is in the top ten right now, pal? Um, Wake Forest. Yes, Deeks, your second team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody listening to this knows, but Mitch's son goes to Wake Forest. So I talk about it enough. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the baseball team's ranked number two in the country. Imagine having a, a number 10 overall class nationally without a single player rated in the top 700. That's why the rankings are, are what they are this time of year. Um, and for more, how's about this for a tease? For more on Wake Forest quarterback recruiting, go look at Grace Rayner's story from a few weeks ago on what they, what their, their, their evaluation of quarterbacks. They've always seemed to have good quarterbacks there. Um, all right. Um, Minnesota got a commitment from, I found this Jeremy Heck. Hecklinski. Yeah, that's Notre Dame's. I mean, that's Wake Forest's. Uh, yes. Did that? Did Grace write about him? Yes. I think she interviewed him too. Thanks for reading the story. There's uh, a lot of stories on the Athletic. I'm yeah, you think you'd write to read every single all of them? I'm you, sorry, I don't read every single story that goes on the internet. Okay, you should read the recruiting stories. I know. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Minnesota got a commitment from wide receiver Dallas Sims, who plays at Clearwater Academy International. Nothing notable there, except the dude's from Winnipeg. I don't remember any college football player being from Winnipeg. There's some from Toronto. Or he's the, just waiting for next year's uh, tri- hockey tryouts. Yeah, so he's going 364 to, days to get ready for next yeah, year's hockey tryouts. I think Minnesota's number one in hockey, too. So maybe that's he's a, a two-sport athlete. Um, four Power Five teams do not have a commitment yet. Would you be concerned if you were a fan of a team that didn't have a commitment? Uh, I would not. Not yet, because there's a lot with just one. Uh, I don't know if I would like be pulling the fire alarm, but um, okay. Two of these, three of these, pro, two of them are really hurting with momentum. One of them has a ton of momentum, and one of them is just kind of there. So the four teams that don't have a commitment, Indiana, not okay. much momentum. Virginia, like negative momentum. TCU, a lot of momentum, played for a national championship. And Washington State. Miami has one commitment, an unranked kicker. That's kind of... You know what I love about the recruiting rankings? When you don't have a commitment, you're just not ranked. You're right, not even right. mentioned. <laughs> That's how I found. Yeah, I did searches Indiana and it just didn't pop up. You just don't exist. They just don't have a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we plenty played- of time to fill classes out, but like sometimes too, it's just like I've seen teams get out to a really fast start and then not uh do very well. And I've seen teams get out to a really fast start and people get falsely excited. And then when everyone else's classes fill out, it's just a forgettable class. But there's one thing I wanted to say. Say it. Because I, I looked this up for the mailbag that I ran on Tuesday. But Florida has four players committed, I think. Four or five. And I believe three of them are in the top 50 nationally. So that that's a good. really good start for them. So I am on high alert for dysfunctional Florida from last year and whether or not they can write the ship this year, but so far they're on a great track. And one of them's a five-star quarterback from Texas. So Who like that to me is locked in. Like even if they struggle on the field this year, like they, I mean, I, I don't think if you're DJ Lagway, you're going to be concerned about like is Graham Mertz or Jack Miller, whoever wins the job. I assume it's going to be Mertz. This probably his last year of eligibility. I don't know. It gets confusing with the COVID year, but like there, there's a pathway to playing time at Florida, no matter what happens on the field this year. Yes. All right, we're playing the geography game again like we did last week with the um, Big 12 and Big 10, okay? Okay. I'm going to give you the school, and you give me your guess for the percentage of in-state recruits signed over the last six cycles, okay? Yep, let's do it. So which which one are we going to do first? You want to do... Big 12. Did we do the Big 10 last week? 
No, we did the ACC. Okay, let's do it. So the Big 12 ran um, Monday, I believe, and the the, no, the Big Ten ran yesterday. I think the Big 12 ran on Friday, but they'll all be published very soon. Okay, Baylor. Big 12. Baylor. So not the new Big 12? Yes, all, I'm giving you all 14 teams. Okay, uh, Baylor, well, I would say 70%. 73. Look at that. Let's okay. go. The, their, their secondary, their most recruits from out of state is Louisiana with six <laughs> over the last six years. Okay. BYU. That is really hard because yeah. there's the Mormon in-state connection, but they're also a very national brand, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, 50%. 46. Boom! California is their top out-of-state at 26. Cincinnati. Right. Oh, this is your old stomping ground. You're an Ohio man. 44%. 48. Okay, let's go. Yes. Uh, Florida and Illinois are the top out-of-state with 13. Okay. Houston. 66%. Did you, like, open up my Google Doc or something? It's 66%, literally. <laughs> this is like your 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 best run of anything in your life ever. Well, this is this is kind of, these are kind of easy. You could I, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm like you could based if you follow this stuff every day like we do. It's like you can kind of get an idea of right. But six teams it exactly. Well, sixty six percent is just like two thirds. So yeah. that's why okay. I mean I got lucky. It's not that I'm yeah. Iowa State fifteen percent twenty percent. I think okay. you've been within six on every one. Where do you think right. their number one state is for players? Iowa State's got to be Texas. Florida, 19. Interesting. Okay. Kansas. Uh, do Kansas and Kansas State together? Not not sh- add their numbers, like just give me your guess for both of them. Kansas State, I would say 15, 20%. 29. What about Kansas? Kansas is no, that was my Kansas guest. 15. Oh, Kansas was 11. Oh, well, I would have gone way lower than 29 on Kansas State. So, okay. okay. Yeah. So, they Kansas did. State just gets all the good players there. Yeah, they've done better. And both both of their number one states are not surprisingly Texas. Um, okay. Here's here's an interesting one Oklahoma. Uh, 10%. 15. Okay. And Texas. All at, Texas, right? Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma State. 25%. 30. In Texas, they have 52 players. That might be the most by any out-of-state school in this whole. I'll have to check. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Not 52%, 52 players over six No, years. I know. Just yeah. like think about how massive the state is. Yeah. Uh, TCU. Uh, 70%. 60. Louisiana is next for them. Okay. Texas. 60%. 67 California. Wow, next. that's a lot for yeah. a, a program that recruits at that level. Yeah. Um, California's next for them. Um, Texas Tech, which might be the highest of any P5 program. What'd you say? 84%. 78. Is there anybody in the 80s? No, I think Texas Tech's the highest. Okay. Nationally. Of all all Power Five? Yes. I can okay. double check in a second. Uh, UCF. 60. 56 in Georgia. WVU, West Virginia. Literally nobody. 1%. Might be the lowest. Six. 
percent. Now, just think one <laughs> percent would have been funny. Like West Virginia's got a good program historically. They they don't suck by any stretch. They've had some good teams. There's just nobody there. But just think, like you're going against Texas Tech, which gets seventy eight percent of its players in its own state versus six percent. So now I mean, well, like what's the biggest city in West Virginia? Charleston. Uh, Charleston or Wheeling, probably Charleston. But also, we're talking about actual physical distances. Like Texas Tech is very remote. Like West Virginia is probably a lot closer to Columbus, Ohio than than Lubbock than is, Tech Dallas. is from Dallas. Yeah, yeah, so you're right. Yeah, there there are population bases, but you just I didn't know that Wheeling was a big city. I just thought it was a weird border town with a casino that I used to drive at in the middle. Well, of I don't think there's any um any big city. Wheeling, West Virginia population is oh, it's only twenty six thousand. My bad. What's Charleston's? population uh, west virginia population i knew someone from school from west uh wow that is a small state Forty-eight thousand. yeah that's there's nobody there yeah i used to drive through huntington on the way home from school sometimes i think huntington might be bigger than charleston look that okay. one up okay huntington west virginia population this is good stuff Forty-six thousand. so you could fit all of the major, all the populations from every major city in West Virginia into the big house. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. um, all right, let's go. We'll take a run through the Big Ten. Your your old stomping grounds, Illinois. Uh, fifty percent. Twenty nine. Your first big. Whoa! Swing really? Yeah. Indiana. That's embarrassing. Uh, Indiana has got to be twenty percent. Exactly. Boom. Iowa. If you've noticed, I've only done round numbers. So. Yeah. Well, it's 66%. I guess that's too close. Uh, Iowa is, I'd say, 24%. 27. Maryland. Uh, 66. What? 33. Maryland's not that big. They really, you really scratch like your beard, Maryland. I can hear it. I can hear it. Scratching your beard. <laughs> Michigan. Uh, Michigan's got to be 20%. 17. Nailed it. Michigan State. 30%. 27. I'm I'm actually in the zone right now. Big 10 East, I'm I'm in the zone. Minnesota, 15%. 19. Nebraska. 10%. 17. Northwestern. I overshot Illinois, so I'm going to undershoot Northwestern. Uh, 25%. 22. Private schools are usually low in state numbers. Ohio State. 25%. 28. Penn State. Mm, Penn State's going to be difficult. I'd say 24%. 26 Dude, I'm killing the Big Ten East. And just so people know, Ari doesn't have doesn't even have access. Well, actually, you do have access to the spreadsheet, but you wouldn't know how to open it or read it. So I don't know. I don't do spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, Purdue, twenty-seven percent. Twenty. Retkas. This has got to be high. Fifty-five percent. Forty-four. And Wisconsin, twenty-four percent. Exactly. <laughs> This is impressive, young Ari. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, this is my field. All right, let's. Do, we got some good mailbag questions. Some from your, some from your written mailbag, and some just, um, uh, just I went in and grabbed. 
you okay. you, ad- you address this one in in the uh, this week's mailbag. Um, what you 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 identified one school, even though the Dylan F asked which schools. Which schools do you think have severely underachieved in recruiting for the last decade or so? Are there teams with new coaches this year that could really maximize their potential? You well, it, that was an obvious answer. Like you probably, if you would have asked that question before I wrote it, you probably would have said right, like, known who I was going to write about, right? Right. It's Arizona State. Arizona State. Um, and obviously, I'm high on the hire they made. So I don't know, like the thing with Arizona state that's always been so difficult is, is that people refer to it as a sleeping giant. And maybe we should just walk that back a little bit and just like, shouldn't they just be a competent, pretty good team first. And then we'll go to sleeping giant. I think Kenny Dillingham will make them a competent, pretty good eight and four team um, with years where they shoot up to 10 or 11 wins, you know, once every five or six years, maybe I think that's a good aiming point. Um, But the fact that they've, recruited on average the last 10 years around 40th in the country overall is just there's no rhyme or reason for it and i don't need to list out all the things that arizona state has going for it people know uh but i that one really jumped out to me was is there a school that would have jumped out to you if it was your question um because you actually have the raw data in front of you but like just like gut feeling wise who do you think has done worse than they should let me let me call up some teams here, but um, the one thing about Arizona, and we kind of just addressed it with West Virginia, even though it's an isolated, um, even though it's an isolated location, it's close to other population bases. Like, and I know you say Arizona Phoenix is a drive from LA, but it's not that close. Like, I, I, I think the Arizona schools, Arizona State, should be doing better in in in, in Phoenix because flying it, into LAX from Phoenix takes just as long. Sometimes it's still a flight. It still costs money. I, I know what you're saying. I just think they, sh- I, I think there's no reason they should be get their ass kicked in state. Like they do. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. And I think that's the reason for that is that everybody from Arizona isn't from Arizona. Yeah, that's maybe that'll too. change. Maybe that'll change now that like I'm a generation removed. You know, there's a lot of people being born there now that might grow up there, but Arizona None of my friends are from there. Their parents aren't from there. So, like, everybody has their own allegiances, which is why there's so many Big Ten, you know, allegiances and SEC allegiances in the state of Arizona and in Phoenix in particular. But, like, even if they don't do well in Phoenix, like, proximity alone, like, if they were a competent program, they would do much better there. But they're not even – like, if you go look right now, they're getting smoked right now. Like, if if tennis – if Dillingham does – what he's supposed to do, it's still probably going to take them two or three years to get off the schneid there. And, you know, and they, because you still have players that weren't recruited by previous staffs and Arizona state has to win something like do something that gives them a pulse, you know, and getting Jaden Rashada at the end of last cycle was great, but that's a California, that's a Northern California prospect. So like to me, I would focus a ton on Arizona and I would focus a ton on Southern California because there's a ton of players there that, that, can make plays for you. What about um, focusing? There's no on reason the, why they should be one of the worst teams in the sport is what I'm saying. What about focusing on the upper Midwest and the East coast, getting kids out there for visits? Yeah. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have to dedicate yourself to that for sure. And like, I've always thought like go to Chicago in the middle of the winter right, and get them to come visit in December in Phoenix, which is, you know, when all the resorts there are $1,200 a night, you know, like that, would be a nice thing to do. It's just a matter of whether or not you think you could get prospects to commit to go there. Um, And maybe you could, 
but I don't think that Arizona State will ever be successful unless it's successful in California and Arizona first. Yeah. So that has to be paramount. And then I think like if you wanted to like cherry pick and add a few pieces to your class from the Midwest or places where it's really snowy, then you you could do that with a select few. I don't know that I would go into that job with the sole focus being you want to talk about flight. I mean, yeah. Sole focus being somebody and it's like Arizona is culturally much different than the Midwest. So like there's a lot, there's a lot to to overcome if you want to get somebody other than wow, it's not snowing here right now. You know? All right. I'll give you um two. One of them's obvious. We spend a lot of time talking about the school. So like UCLA, I don't care. They just there's no excuse for them to be recruiting in the thirties every year. Um you probably disagree with me on this one, but I go Virginia Tech. Last three classes, four classes, 38, 36, 44, 76. They were a consistent top yeah, 25-ish no, class for about a 10, 15-year period. But I just think Virginia is a very good state for talent. Virginia, especially lately, has been a non-factor in recruiting. I've been to that campus. I went for the first time this last summer uh, or two summers ago. The great small, little, small town in the middle of nowhere, but a great college town, great fans. I think Virginia Tech should be recruiting better. Close to Atlanta, close to North Carolina. Do you agree or disagree with that one? I agree with that one. Virginia Tech has just slipped. It has slipped and slipped and slipped, and I wonder if it'll ever come back. And at a time when, again, I don't think Virginia was ever a huge threat to it recruiting, but when Virginia is a non-factor, you should be feasting in state, and Penn State State owned the state this past year. So who are the plus players in broad tech history? Like Michael Vick, right? Who Who's else? The best? Bruce Smith. Angelo Hall. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Smith. Smith. But where are those back. guys from? Because I know that Michael Vick uh is from Virginia. It's from the DMV. I don't know where wasn't he from uh I don't know why I don't know that. I'm looking up right now. He's from Virginia. I just don't remember what what town he's from. Newport News. So he's from the uh, he's from the uh, uh, that's their like Roanoke and not Roanoke. Excuse me, like uh, the Virginia Beach area, which is a very you know a really good place for 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 talent. I think that's kind of Virginia Tech owned that area for years. Um, yeah, I wrote a story about this. I'm going back. Published September fourth, two thousand fourteen. The headline in the Cleveland Plain Dealer was "What Happened to Virginia Tech? Hokies not what they once were because powers like Ohio State have invaded their turf." I was on the Ohio State beat. Yeah. And it was By Michael way, Bruce Smith Michael is from Vick. Norfolk. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Vick was the lead. And it's just not getting the players in state anymore. And it's called the 757. Yeah. The Tidewater area. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know, you know, who the best players who have come out of there in the last few classes are, but Virginia Tech is a non factor in its own state. Yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um. All right, this is from Peter C. What's more likely to happen in the next five years? Ohio State becoming an annual disappointment like Texas or Texas become being viewed as a top three program like Ohio State has been? So Ohio State already been an annual disappointment? They, they, they were one kick away from playing for the national title this year. I wonder if Ohio State fans felt like last year was successful because of what you just said. If they made the kick, it would have been successful, but they didn't. They did not, yeah. And if I got Margot Robbie's telephone number, I could call her for a date. She wouldn't pick you up. Know, I missed the kick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, They've lost you, to Michigan two years in a row. You know what though, the, they right, haven't won a, a national championship in a decade. That's Their like a 72-yard field goal into the wind while it's raining. You you call me Margot Robbie. I would probably still miss the ball. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like It's like Ohio State's been really good. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I, you know, your idea to write the column about being an Ohio State fan's existence is misery. Yeah, and maybe that's the case because everybody else would kill to be an Ohio State fan when it comes to what they've what they've accomplished. But if you ask the fans if they are fulfilled with the accomplishments of the program, they would say no. I think um, if you like replayed the last two years on repeat for ten, that would be a person's worst nightmare if they go to Ohio Stadium on Saturday. So um, I think what he's saying is what's more likely for Ohio State to go six and six. Uh, for the next 10 years in a row or uh, or Texas win a national championship multiple times in the next decade, I think it's more likely that Texas wins uh, at, a, at a high level because I just don't think it's possible with the schedule that Ohio State plays for them to lose as many games as Texas has lost during that time. Agreed. Um, this is kind of an interesting question. I think every case is different from Warren B. We know a coach on the hot seat can – can curse recruiting, but how does an AD on the hot seat like Scott Strickland at UF affect recruits? I'd say big picture, not really. But if you're an educated, if you're an educated, like a family that really understands college athletics and recruiting, you're probably, all things being equal, going to look for a school with stable leadership. Now, I don't know how many families think that way. I would look at that, but it wouldn't be a. I will say this, though. I don't think I've ever done a recruiting interview with a prospect where the the athletic director has been discussed. They've never said, oh, I met with the athletic director or anything like that on my visit? But I mean, like, of course I met with, but it's never been, well, this school has this athletic director. It's not a factor. Yeah. Um, but there is, it's interesting because the athletic director is a huge factor in whether or not coaches want to uh, go to a school. Right. It's all you about know? leadership. So like when it comes to 
uh, when it comes to how it impacts recruiting, it might not impact it at like a micro level, but it certainly impacts it at a macro level. Because if the athletic director is the one that's getting the coaches to come, then uh, the coaches quality and how good of a recruiter they are is impacted by that. So um, if I were a Florida fan, I would certainly want my, uh, my athletic director to be not only stable, but good. Yeah. All right. This question I loved. It's pref- Travis preferences by saying prefaces it by saying it would never happen. And I don't know if you read this one, but it's a long question. I will basically uh, condense it down to what is the potential if you combined Ole Miss and Mississippi State and you named it the Grisham after John Grisham, the Gr- Grisham University fighting catfish. Could they win a national championship? I don't know if the numbers are still for, for years, though, the state of Mississippi produced more NFL players per capita um than any other state that's just per capita we've talked about the in-state talent this year in years past like 10 15 20 years ago when Ole Miss and Mississippi State weren't quite as prominent as they are now and Southern Miss was maybe a little bit more prominent you had three division one schools fighting for minimal talent in there in that state so I guess that's the question all right what would you think of the University of Mississippi as one state school like LSU like Ohio State well, I don't think I look at the Mississippi schools and go, you know what their problem is? The other Mississippi school, you know, like I, so I don't know. I think it's a factor. I'm not saying that it's not a factor, but I don't think it's the reason they're not winning national titles. You know, and also too, if there's a good player in Mississippi, I mean, didn't they have a five-star prospect in 2022 named Branson Robinson who went to Georgia? I mean, they had multiple well, they top Perkins players this year. Went to Ole Miss. I, yeah. Okay. So, but like, even when they process. have a five-star prospect, they end up going to another powerhouse SEC school. So, like, I mean, personally, I think that the uh, the catfish thing is awesome. But like, I'm going back through the recruiting rankings right now. 2022 and 2021, the top player in the state of Mississippi left for LSU and Georgia. In 2020, the number one player in the in the state went to A and M. Um, like it's not like they're getting the number one player in the state ever. But, okay, let's let's so, frame it this way: if it's one university, it's more powerful, it's better. They might recruit better. Like LSU, like Miss when Mississippi State is going and, and Ole Miss are both playing well, they're averaging they get fifty, sixty thousand people. I'm not saying you double that, but let's say you have one school in the state and they're getting eighty thousand people a game. It's a bigger university. They've got more well, let me ask you this. Consolidated. Is the question about whether or not this fictional school could be good, or is the question about the geography and the number of players in the state? Well, the question like is, you're, you're, you're basically asking me if they weren't competing against each other and there was a major powerhouse in the middle of Oxford or let's just say Jackson, would they be the first uh, or they be a team that competes at LSU's level? And if you go look at the population of Mississippi and the number of top 100 players that typically has, this year is is not typical. It's an aberration. So I don't think yeah. that I, I don't think that it it still would have enough players, even if it owned its own state, to win a national championship, considering what classes Alabama and Georgia have been signing the last few years. So yeah, the question was, could they win a national championship? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, well, let's. What oh. state where this consolidation be the biggest deal? Because let's Texas. look at state. Well, no. Texas is too big. <laughs> like what, Florida, what states have multiple state universities that are relatively comparable? Arizona, Michigan, 
Florida. Florida's too big. Let's let's get Florida out of there. Michigan, Arizona. I wouldn't say Washington because Washington's so much bigger. Arizona, I mean, the one that w- that jumps out to me would be Michigan and Michigan State because yeah. they're both in the same division and they're twenty. What are they an hour away from each other? Forty five uh, minutes. Yeah, about about maybe a little bit further, but um. So, uh, you know, that one kind of jumps out to me. But again, the question is not about the programs; it's about the state talent pool, right? You know, in Michigan, I think is probably pretty similarly situated to Ohio when it comes to total number of players. Um, I don't know. Like if Mich- if Michigan State stopped existing and it was just Michigan, then it's possible that Michigan would have the same recruiting advantage that Ohio has had, uh, or Ohio State's had in Ohio, which is a neighboring state for the last thirty years. But Again, I don't know if Michigan State has recruited at a high enough level historically to be the reason Michigan wasn't as good as Ohio State. Um, and Michigan has always relied on Ohio. Um, so I'm just like, I'm trying to think like Mississippi is probably a pretty good example. Like Arkansas is its only, only, mm-hmm. only but Arkansas program. has fewer players than uh, Mississippi. I'm trying to think of like big states like North Carolina, maybe. Yeah. If you got rid of, of, NC State and Wake Forest, maybe. I'd just go private. I'd just go public. Looking at public schools, um, South Carolina. Just, don't, How about I don't South care Carolina? If public or private? I'm not. This isn't the. Well, we're taking comparable schools that that recruit. I'm thinking Power country. Five schools. Okay. What, what about what about South Carolina? Get rid of Clemson. Get rid of South Carolina. I mean, Clemson's already won national championships. I know. So, how much better would so, they could they be? Probably a little bit better. <laughs> They're not going to be three. that much better. It's not like yeah. South Carolina has been a, much of a thorn in their side until recently. Right. Um, like, I think find a state that has two, and neither of them have won a national championship in the last 20 years. Arizona, like, I think Arizona Mi- Michigan, Arizona, Arizona State, Mississippi. Uh, I think that might be it. So what's the I mean, Oregon, Oregon State? Um, we, we have different perspectives because our ages are we're different ages and kind of our formative years of watching college football were different eras. Um, but to you, which state would you say the two main state universities are the most similar? Mine would be Arizona, Arizona, Arizona State. Like as far as from my outside right. perception of whether or not those programs could be good. Yeah, it's like from a competitive standpoint, I would say Michigan and Michigan State, but Michigan and Michigan State are much different universities. Right, and historically, Michigan's uh, so much better. I think that's probably the right answer. Because Washington and Washington State aren't uh, right. aren't very similar. Uh, I'm looking at the USA map because I, like, I'm not very good at envisioning geography. With oh, you can't just visualize the I can I can visualize all 50 states. I don't know, exactly. like Pennsylvania, like Penn State and Pitt. Would that no. be one? Uh, Indiana, Pitt- Indian... Indiana, Purdue, Purdue and Indiana. Purdue's got a better know. history, I believe. Missouri, you know, Mizzou is the only state in or yeah. program in Missouri, right? You know, I don't know. Oklahoma, yeah, get rid Oklahoma, of Oklahoma State. Oklahoma is historically so much better. Alabama, Auburn, and Alabama doesn't matter. Alabama's king. Yeah, they've always. Like, I mean, king. I really think that like the only answers really are Arizona, South Carolina, Arizona, Mississippi. Uh, Arizona, I, I said already, and Oregon yeah. and Washington. Michigan. Kentucky's Kentucky. interesting. Kentucky and Louisville. Louisville's more of a city school, like the fan base is in this. Got a nice fan yeah. base, but it's not as spread out throughout the state. Yeah, that was fu- that was a fun question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always like geography questions. All right, ready for a little trivia? 
You don't look like you're ready for trivia. You look like you're. I'm ready for trivia. Okay. Over the last six recruiting cycles. Oh boy. Rank the t- top ten states in the order as for producing SEC talent. SEC talent? Yes. Which states, one through ten, have produced the most SEC signees over the last six cycles? Number one, Florida. Incorrect. Number one, Texas. Wrong. What state? So you added up only teams that from the SEC. It's it's in Manny's spreadsheet. He did all this data is available. Which states produce the most SEC oh, signees? Georgia. Yes, Georgia's number one. Okay. Who do you think's number two? Florida. Yes. Who do you think's number three? Texas. Yes. Four. How many more? Do I have wait, to go? wait. Georgia's had three hundred five players over the last six years go to SEC schools. Florida two seventy four. Texas two thirty five. Okay, who's fourth? How many am I going down? Ten. Just uh, this was a really hard question, Mitch. Um, okay. I, while you're thinking, I'm going to pivot to a different question. No, I don't. Uh, it's just okay. Uh, Alabama. Yes. Would be fourth, right? Yes. Yes. Would fifth be Louisiana? No, Louisiana sixth. Because I okay. think Louisiana sends a decent amount of kids to the Big 12. Like, Baylor's recruited there. Yeah. Texas. Uh, is South Carolina fifth? Nope. South Carolina's eighth. Is California fifth? Nope. We've just been talking about it. Kentucky? Nope. Kentucky's not in Mississippi? the Mississippi? Mississippi's fifth at 157. Okay. Wow. Well, that kind of changes my perspective on the previous question. Yes. Fighting catfish. Getting it done. Yeah. All right. Okay. No, you know, so so you, six is Louisiana. Yeah, you have eight is South Carolina. Who's seven? Um, Tennessee. Yes. Okay. Nine. Eight. Eight is South Carolina. Yeah. Nine, I would say. Uh, North Carolina. Nope. Nine. They're both in the SEC footprint. Who have I said that? What state have I left out of the Missouri? Yes. Okay. And then is 10 Arkansas? Yes. Okay. Okay. Which state not in the SEC footprint has produced the most SEC players over the last six cycles? California. Nope. You just mentioned them. North Carolina. Yes. North Carolina with 37. Okay. I can do similar questions like this in future weeks because we got all the data now. That that's cool. That that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of geography on the on, on Yeah, the, I know. I'm over here looking at a US map. You know those colorful ones that they hang in high school classrooms? Yes. I'm aware of those. Looking at one on Amazon. That's the map I used. Okay. Good. 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 So um all right, you got you got you got a little travels coming up, don't you, Ari? Yeah, I'm going to Oklahoma in back to back weeks, believe it or not. Yeah. When's the last time you've been to Oklahoma? Uh, like last weekend when I played poker there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you bring your it's baby? It's only an hour from the border, bud. Yeah, I strap her to my chest and I play poker for nine hours. Yeah, and then people feel feel bad for you if you lose. Yeah, and then she drinks Mountain Dew out of a straw that I put in the cup <laughs> over. 
There are two places I'm never going to bring my baby until she's older. Vegas and I guess casinos, but that's the same thing. Yeah. Good. Like I missed my child uh, and I was walking in a shopping center with Britt like before when we were in Vegas a few weeks ago. And I said, I missed the baby. We should break. We should have brought her. And then some guy like walked by and took a huge puff out of a cigarette and blew it in our face. <laughs> uh, and she goes, yeah, I don't think she's going to be coming here for a while. And I was like, yeah, yeah you're probably right. Good but call. Um, yeah. Okay. So that was a good show. Um, is that all we have to say? Yeah, no? I think so. Okay, cool. Right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the latest edition of stars matter. Stay tuned um, as our team becomes robust, more robust. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Out. I'll jump in. We're, we're going to stars matter. Will is, is, by no stretch going anywhere, but we are going to be adding to our Stars Matter team. We're going to be welcoming Manny Navarro and Grace Rayner in for podcasts on a much more frequent basis, joining uh, me and Ari. And Manny's going to have some of his own YouTube content. We're still kind of over the next few months going to feel our way through this, but to, to, to give you guys even more recruiting content. The Stars Matter brand is expanding. It's conference yes. podcast expansion. We're going to have a much bigger YouTube presence, and we're going to do more uh, – with the talent that we have. So I'm excited about it. Mitch is excited about it. And we will certainly be cluing you all in more on that as we continue forward. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of stars matter. That was Mitch light. I'm Ari Wasserman. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.